Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Powercat Insiders Podcast, brought to you by Commerce Bank, here from the WTC Gig Parrot Studios in downtown Manhattan, right down the street from Commerce Bank. Tiffin Schild of GoPowercat.com, Matt Walters of K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Bravo. Two straight weeks. Right there. Just send the sheet on over for the read. <laughs> Callis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle, Kansas City Star, and Kansas State Road Games. <laughs> Every <laughs> the, Saturday. The lone soldier Every now. Saturday. How many has that in a row now been? Is that like, like Alabama, West Virginia, this week? Was there one before that? Too? Man. There might well, have been Oklahoma, one well, the first yeah, one Oklahoma was. Oklahoma was before that. And then it's TCU this Saturday. Yeah, TCU. Such a lonely give beat. Us, yeah, give us a. I'm looking forward to I think it's Texas Tech on the road like next Tuesday or Wednesday. I get to spend Saturday at home. It's crazy. The other voice you heard was Ryan Black. Oh, sorry, yeah, I just jumped right Mercury, in. Man, whew, because Ryan We're not Black supposed to be talking. I, hey, I'm so, I'm just I'm just so amped to have a rider. I'm just jumping in, cutting you off, cutting Fitz off, That's cutting right. Kellis off. I'll get outside and cut people off when I'm driving. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good happy mood. It Man, is kind just, of funny though. He, he's catfish, but he's the only one in here without any facial hair today. Oh, just please don't bring that up to Matt. Every time he sees me anywhere, the, the games, Walmart, Keeps him other places, he just hates it. He's like, don't cut the facial hair. No, don't. There you go. So. Well, I feel like this podcast just started and I'm down 21 points. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that feels like. Relevant reference. Yeah. It is very relevant. Oh, boy. Kansas State loses at Iowa State 73-63. The score isn't the problem. The problem was they fell behind 21 in the first half and were down almost 20 in the first minutes, first six or seven minutes of this game. There are bad starts, and then there are what Kansas State did in Ames. Tried to claw back, got within four, and still lost by 10. Both teams entered the game at 2-7 and seven in the Big 12. That was a very winnable game. We are sponsored by Commerce Bank. Life is full of moments, big and small. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. It is hot in the studio today. When you get back within four after, you, after you've trailed by as many as 21, your efficiency has to even be that much better at yeah. that point. Yeah. and It's one thing to get back to within four. It's another thing to... Tie it or take the lead. No, they just and that's the ongoing problem. They can play well enough to dig out of the hole most of the way, but they're not efficient enough to finish that off. They're not efficient enough to finish off games they're leading sometimes, and they're rarely f- efficient enough to win down the stretch. Most of their wins have been of the comfortable nature, or the team has come back and made it look closer. Mm-hmm. This team. I really thought this would be a game, Kellis. You were there. Were you, were you there? Ryan, I watched it on the yeah, okay. computer. That's right. That's right. I'm not faulting anyone for not traveling right now. Uh, budgets <laughs> hey, are tight. About two minutes into the game, I turned to Riley and said, I drove all the way here for this. So I know. Two minutes into the game. Huh? Yeah. Oh, it was obvious early, wasn't it? Yeah. it? It was dreadful. Most teams aren't good enough to come back from 20 in the first half. Certainly this team. Guys, I find myself in this situation where I'm clinging to reasons to be optimistic, and I thought it was pretty impressive they got it within four. Moral victory, if you want to call it that, but right now you have to kind of take it. Um, I continue to think there's signs of hope for the future. Not this season, but the future. Kellis, what were your thoughts about the game? 
Uh, I mean, I think even that that they came back to within four has to come with a pretty big asterisk, and yeah. Tyrese Halliburton went down because yeah, had, he, he, had he played the second half, I don't think they it really would have been even as close as it was. But yeah, it's the same same old story. If you knock off the first seven minutes and the last seven minutes of the game, they're probably right there. But that's been the case way too much this season. I I don't know what it is with these uh, at the beginning of these games, but it was happening against Texas Tech. Uh, it happened against Baylor. It happened here now, like Texas. Were they way back? Yeah, they were. I mean, I know Texas, you maybe want to yeah. say that was a weird travel deal, of course, but yeah. that was another game they. That fell one was behind. a little different because they hit some pretty lucky shots to take yeah, no, that yeah. lead. But I mean, Iowa State just mauled them. It just seems not just this team, but this has often been a symptom of Bruce Weber teams. They do kind of come out sluggish and then kind of gather steam. And I don't know if that's settling into their defense or not. But you know, for me, guys, the problem here wasn't their offense, which was dreadful to start the game. They couldn't score. They couldn't put ball in basket. Um, They couldn't stop Solomon Young. They couldn't defend. That was the problem. Mm -hmm. This team is built on defense, and when you fall behind by 21 that quickly, you're giving up too many points. And they just were out of sync on defense. And that's probably why Bruce Weber was at his wit's end during this game. Just This team has to defend 40 minutes, not 37, not 33, and certainly not, you know, basically 25 minutes is what they did in this game. And I find it amazing that with someone of the stature of Halliburton, Iowa State was 2-7 and seven coming into this game. And that shows how down Iowa State is that they have a potential first-round NBA pick, and they still suck. <laughs> Who was it they lost to at home? Was it wasn't it Arkansas Pine Bluff? Florida A and M. Florida A and M. Yeah, they didn't, have, they didn't have Halliburton for yeah. the game. Well, still, still. Yeah, but they they're, they're the opposite. Dudes. They're the opposite yeah. of K State. They don't play defense. They have to play offense for forty yep. minutes if they're going to win games. They they basically have to have a run like they did against K State to beat people. K State's the opposite. They got to keep you off the off the board. That's one to point out. You know, you you know, Fitz, when you kind of introduced that game, you noted they were both. Two and seven entering the game, but I think they were both also nine and thirteen. Just yep. because I wanted to mention that Kellis called it the Spider-Man point meme game or something. What Spider-Man meme college basketball class. There you go. There you oh, go. Where each the, team recognizes yeah. the other and says, "You look familiar." Yeah, exactly. That was what was other. so disappointing about that game. I mean, if you're gonna, I I got what they were saying all last week. You know, second half the Big Twelve season is coming up. We can turn things around. We got Iowa State, who isn't very good. Oklahoma State, who isn't very good. TCU isn't very good. We'll beat those teams, and then they come out and lose double digits the first one. It's not very uh, promising. Was, for that's the rest exactly of the Matt. What jumped out at me? Here was their opportunity. They were coming off. You know, kind of a tough stretch. They had some winnable games in there. They did beat Oklahoma. I know they were on the road, but this was a very comparable team. They have Oklahoma State on Tuesday night. They go to TCU on Saturday. This was the opening of a stretch where they could kind of get themselves back on track. And they just come out flat. Like, they're, they're just not inspired at all. I find that baffling. Well, you look at it glass half full, which is what we discussed last yeah. week. Two with Iowa State, two with Oklahoma State. You still got TCU again. You you could win four or five of those games. You could get the you know the the seven win mark, the eight win mark possibly. And yeah, you 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 scratch your head to to understand to swallow while you're down twenty one two, just like that. And I'm going to go back to. What the coaches have to do is, again, show that they are coaching for now and trying to win now. But personally, I think you're you're looking forward to the next year or two. You're coaching for down the road right now, especially with the Gordons, Stage One and Antonio, um, Montavious Murphy, among others. But um, the fact that you sit at two and eight, K State's a team that can beat. Practically anybody in the Big 12, but they can also get beat by anybody in the Big 12. And that's where it sits right now. I'll note that, you know, I like the lineup they went with. I don't know what you guys think of Cardi going back in it. But to me, and this is my opinion, I just think it's time at this point to take Mac out of the lineup. Put Antonio in, like I said, and just go, go with him and Xavier, Monte, Dejuan. 
and David Sloan, although I guess it's just kind of a toss-up game to game whether I guess it's going to be him or Cardi. I don't know what you guys think of that. I just I just think that okay, Mac, he's occasionally showing more energy, but just like I said, build for the future, bring him off the bench, let let Antonio get in there and get get more experience. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Because I, I just feel like they've, although, given him, they've given him every opportunity to turn this around. And then you look, 16 minutes, four fouls. I mean, he at least goes through four from the field. But, I mean, the fouls. I mean, he just he's just – at this point, it's just – One rebound. What, I didn't even bring that. Yeah, one rebound. That's almost impossible. Yeah. This was actually one of his best games in Ames. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> I mean, that building is like – I mean, every building oh, can seem like kryptonite to him. But that one is rough. That's the one I think the last two times he's been there, he hasn't even made double-digit minutes. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. The problem with taking him off the out of the lineup altogether is he's still their best post defender. Right. Yeah, I guess. Right. And that's probably as exactly as why Bruce refuses. Problems make you cringe, but I mean like they they Bruce was all over Montavious in this game cuz he wouldn't switch when he was supposed to and that's a big reason Solomon Young scored so many points cuz he doesn't know where he was supposed to be. Yeah, but again, I think it's like Matt and Fitz have said multiple times at this point let him get in there and learn and make mistakes and build for the future. Because I mean, this this season's done. You know, I, I mean, I've, I mean, I was not here for that season, but you guys know how much Bruce has talked about how, you know, Barry Brown and Dean Wade and Kamal Stokes going through the pains they did as freshmen is what made them so good as juniors and seniors. Was they just went through those growing pains of losing a lot of close games, a lot of games on the road, games that they ended up winning as juniors and seniors because they went through as freshmen. These pains are much worse. <laughs> Well, it's a tough spot because, I, I mean, I definitely see merit. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could bench Savior, too. No, they shouldn't bench Get, Savior. I mean, well, no. if you're only playing for the future, but, but, then but why play But who do you put in there? But who do you put in then if well, you take him you're, out? Well, you're a worse team if you take Mac out of the lineup. So if you're only building for the future, why not just play the guys who are going to be around next I year? I do find this intriguing. Mac played 16 minutes, 50 seconds. Um, Levi Stockard, 18.33, and Antonio Gordon, 19.43. So Antonio actually did get the most minutes of the three guys that have been seeing time in the post. I think probably that rotation is their best way to go. Just try to stay at least fresh in the post and rotate guys through. Kellis, you were the one of us who was there in post game. Was the demeanor of Bruce Weber business as usual, or was, or was it different? No. Pretty much the same. Maybe somewhat more demoralized than usual, mm-hmm. but not much. He still had enough energy and everything to bring up a Groundhog Day reference. So, yeah. <laughs> Does he do that subconsciously, or is he aware about it now? Oh, that, just oh yeah. It? he's. I think he's leaning into the Okay, I just want to make sure. That's at least the tenth time he's brought up Groundhog Day <laughs> since I've covered him. Matt, was it that good a movie to reference that often? <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> It is pretty good. Let's just say fitting. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. Not just in, in this instance, unfortunately, but in lots of instances. Yeah. Both sports and just in live period. And mm. this podcast. Yep. Um, Cardi Ajada, as Catfish mentioned, he went back into the starting lineup, and he played one of his better games of the season. I thought that was interesting. Even though he was in there when things went south so quickly, he did come back in after they inserted David Sloan and then really didn't leave the floor again. 7 of 15 from the field, 5 of 11 from three-point range. That just jumps out of me. 5 of 8 from the line. He forced seven fouls. I mean, yeah, that's that's a uh, that's uh, that's amazing. That's incredible. He fouled out, and then they went and go. Back, they let him go back in and and uh, get two more. Yep, three uh, three block shots. You know what that reminds me of, Fitz? I'm gonna go off on a little tangent for like one sentence. That remi- so if you got seven fouls in a game, which obviously is impossible. So like I said, he fouled out and then went back in and got two more. That's like when you get consecutive life sentences that you hear some people get. So that means that they die and then come back to life. They have to then go back to prison. Yes. That took so it's me a consecutive second. life sentences. <laughs> so I'm just saying that, you know, uh, I guess if you come back a second time, then they're finally like, well, I guess you you just, you know, you beat your consecutive life sentences. So. You, know, you know the basketball team yes. is struggling when. <laughs> <laughs> when they could be dead and still serving time. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like consecutive life sentences. Have you just ever thought about that? It does seem excessive. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> 24 points for Cardi. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. Please oh, get us through this podcast. <laughs> uh, he played with more energy. He did. He, he did. He played smarter, too. He played smarter. I liked what I saw from him. I, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. It almost feels like he got publicly called out, and he, he was like, oh, people are noticing that I don't give a crap 
at times. And he gave a crap this whole game, and it showed up. Did you believe what he said in postgame? Do you guys tell us? Did you believe any of it? Or was it like he said what he felt like he knew he had to say? Oh, no, I think he was genuine okay. in saying it, yeah. Well, see, I interpreted it differently. I believe what he said, but he did let slip at one point that I have to win more games. And I, I think that was the overriding here. I haven't questioned his desire to play good basketball. Yeah. I've questioned his desire to play team basketball. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've questioned his desire to fit into the structure of making those around him better. I've seen him take shots that shouldn't be taken, but he was going to take them. I've seen him drive to the basket and make good or bad decisions, hoping to make a circus shot. And he did some of that also at Iowa State, but I thought he plugged into the the team a little bit better here. It was interesting that he did kind of flat out say that, yes, he is most definitely right. thinking about pro basketball. He However, he does realize that winning games now will help him get there. Get there. Yeah. Anyone says otherwise thinks is crazy. I think that's really what he was trying to say there. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Fran or whoever set up this whole deal deserves credit for him turning things around a little bit. But he did seem much more controlled. What? And to to allow Iowa State to foul him seven times I thought was big. In previous games, he would have been – I don't know, just chucking the ball out of bounds right. and turning the ball over. Instead of instead of getting fouled seven times, he would have had seven turnovers. So it's kind of crazy. Oh my gosh, Fitz, you're right. We were stupid. Days. That's I, I wouldn't. That's it's fouls drawn. Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't know any. Uh, you guys just let Fitz yep. and I flail dead in the water. No, you said that he committed seven fouls. No, I didn't. Did we I? Let, we let you flail. Yeah, I said. Hold he, up. You're he, the one who looked let, silly. I hope that us. we delete all of that. No. What? He, he drew oh, seven man, fouls. Oh man. FD fouls drawn. I wasn't even paying it. I just was looking at the personal fouls. I right. wasn't even paying attention. Welcome to the show. I, I'm going to say uh, <laughs> not easy being underwater. Man, oh, man. Yeah. In dark, muddy water. That's yeah. uh, noodling. Bruce, Bruce um, still wasn't uh, thrilled with him, though. He all his post games said several times, could play better. Could have played better. Looks yeah. what happened. I mean, I start him and look what happens. We fall behind by 21. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So I don't know that he's a lock to start tomorrow. Man, this is a fractured relationship. They're just trying to keep it together for the rest of the year. When you, you've heard this about players and whatever the sport is for many, many years. When he or she wants to, he or she can be really good. There's mm-hmm. a lot of basketball left. The fact that that was said after a game on February 8th. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was. I wish I could remember the exact time in the game. I had to listen to the better part of the first half on radio. But when I got home and I turned on the television and then matched them up, there was a a play where Cartier got after it defensively, and I just I scratched my head thinking, man, when he plays defense like that because of his wingspan mm-hmm. and how he can his athleticism makes him really difficult to deal with. But I, I go back to it's it's when he wants to, right. and that's that's where I struggle with it. I fight myself in my own brain because you at this level you have to do that, and the fact that he says about pro basketball, what he said. I'm like, no, I don't want to hear about that. Because just think, when you all the freshmen that you have right now and then the guys that K-State's got coming in next year, think about the impact he could have if Cartier was as good as Cartier could be next year as a senior. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing I've taken from Rand's comments is Cartier doesn't plan on being here next year. He, he's going to go professional. I mean, you don't Definitely. start. You don't try. start eyeing professional basketball a year and a half in advance. You do it when the clock's ticking, and I think that's unfortunate because he's nowhere near the NBA. I mean, he's just nowhere. Yeah, I was just going to say, near it. Raise your hand if you think it's going to be in the NBA or if it's going to be in Kazakhstan or yeah. Italy or something. It will be. <laughs> yeah. I'd prefer Italy over Kazakhstan yes. if I was Cardi, but Turkey. It, how about that? It, it, yeah, that, uh, that was a better choice not too long ago than it is now. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, when the guy walks on campus, you're like, "This is a this is a kid that can really help this program, and he has helped the program." But whatever it is, from going to being behind Cam and Barry to now, I am in the spotlight. I'm in the spotlight every day, and I have to live to that level. That's 
that's been a struggle because staying next year, agree or disagree, I'm going to say it would help him immensely if certain things took place. Not going to happen. I will say I'm, playing yeah, I don't next year would help him immensely. I think his better choice, if he wants out of here, is to go somewhere else and use that senior transfer rule. He's not, it seems clear to me. He's he's done with college basketball. But it sounds like this situation might have resonated with him. As much as I try to pad my own stats and do my own thing, I'm not helping my stature, which was obvious to most of us, but apparently not to him. I'm not helping my the view of me from scouts when they see me doing this. I need to be a better teammate and help this this team win. I Even if it's for myself. I just want to, Kellis, you have something like conspiracy theory? You said Fran or whoever set this up. Are you trying to say that, like, you're saying Bruce told him, hey, call him out and try to – or, like, what, it, what were you implying there? I don't think anybody there? told Fran, hey, you need to go there. Well, they, well you on just the said whoever set and, this up. Um, what did call you him mean? out, but I think those words were definitely relayed to him. I see. I take it this way. Fran's a former coach. He took some off-the-record comments and – Use them as his own. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if that happened. Uh, okay. Fran's a former coach, and let us not forget what got Fran into the former category. If you know that story, I'm not going to repeat it right here, but it was uh, questioning the testicular strength of his team and the way he went about it. This seems to be a nerve that hits Fran for Schilla, a player that isn't putting out the type of effort he would want as a coach. And he was kind of known as a hothead as a coach. He would get after his guys. Now we know Fran as the the nice guy that says great things about officials and coaches and mostly players and rarely does this type of thing. But he was known for having this kind of, I don't know, this predator in him where he'll go after you if you show signs of not being a team guy. And I think that's what came out of Fran after that technical. Folks, it wasn't out of the blue. He wasn't looking for a reason to do it. He Cardi got teed up against Baylor, and I think Fran snapped. I think Fran said, well, enough of this crap from this guy who's got a world of talent, who's out here just playing for himself, trying to get to the league. And maybe, maybe someone whispered something in his ear, said something, but I don't think Fran planned to say that. It just happened. I do want to make sure that we note that, you know, before he goes into the criticism, he does mention about how talented. Right. I, I just think that maybe that's been lost in, in it. Right. It's all about the criticism. But and I mean, it wasn't Fran, a personal attack. Yeah. France, the first thing he said was, I like that, this guy. That, but that's what I'm saying he is I just he, think so he, many people have focused on the criticism mm-hmm. part, not enough that, oh, by the way, at the beginning of it, here's what he said before he launched into – what do you think? The pro- you know what I'm saying? And I understand, hey, guys, that, that's just how it is, right? I mean, the, the things that make the headlines are the negative thing. It's not the ten lines of positive things you said before. It's that, oh, I thought he quit in the fourth quarter or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that it's it's the things that are the negative headlines that are going to be the, the things that people want to read about. Cause that's just- there, are, there are times when all of us need to be called out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And in this like day, you guys could have done to me when I said that Cardi committed seven personal fouls. That would have been, guys, that's different than calling what, you out. That, hey. You should have said That would have been, hey, hey moron, if, FD stands for fouls. I just wasn't looking close enough. If, if the catfish but is drowning, and don't dive into that's save right. it. Right. I thought you were making an elaborate joke and had some uh, kind of uh, twist. Can we say that's what I was doing? I just okay. It just didn't land. It was one of those abstract kind of Ryan things. Black, elaborate joke. Hey, you know, I... Like, you, know, you didn't look at it and think it was weird? Oh, seven fouls, huh? I just thought it was a typo. You know, so I just was running with it. I just thought it was a typo. He actually committed no fouls. How about yeah, that? That's help. incredible in itself. Uh, but to Matt's point, I, I'm going to sound like Bob Knight a little bit here. Lord help me for that. But we are soft nowadays, and that sometimes includes me. When you hear needed criticism, you instead hear... You hate me, I suck. You hear okay, boomer, right? I'm that's, awful. That's your, exactly. That's, that's your big thing no, that people go I, seriously, with. Seriously, right? when people offer you needed criticism, which really that was, was it no holds barred? Yes, but it wasn't a personal attack. And yet people act as if Fran Frasilla personally attacked Cartier Jada when instead he was simply calling him out for the job or lack thereof he's doing right now. And, and it, like I said, that's the difference is he was calling him out as a basketball player. He didn't right. say this guy is a bad person and things like that. But he just was saying as a basketball player. 
like what he's not doing that he could be doing. That's where this is so different than the previous incident under Bruce Weber. When Marcus Foster went off the rails, he turned into a bad person. I mean, he was just, he was poison. And probably in hindsight, I, I know I've said this over and over. I know why Bruce kept him around, kept him in the structure. But for the betterment of the team, he probably should have been gone. But he doesn't see that with Cardi. He still thinks Cardi's a good kid. He just thinks he's lost his focus within the context of basketball. And we saw a little bit of it. That's hopeful. What's not hopeful is the fact now that this team is two and eight in the conference and nine and fourteen overall. But what I'm going to go back, and I know you're going to break here. But what what's hopeful is, do we see him change again? It's one game, but now what do we see him do the rest of the regular season and for whatever time K State spends in the postseason in Kansas City? Yep, and that's upcoming on the Powercat Insiders podcast. Oklahoma State awaits on Tuesday. We will discuss. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. We're back. We're trying to sort out Catfish here in the break. He got a little lost in the first half. That's all right. I think I'm in the wrong pond. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he got the stat sheet. Stat sheets are getting weird. I mean, now you got the plus minus. Now they've moved stuff around. Uh, the fouls defended or what is it? Fouls. Personal fouls, fouls drawn. Fouls drawn. drawn. Yeah. Not defended, drawn. I'm just still mad you guys let me flail like that. You could have just said. I was a little confused. Just let me flail like an idiot. You know what? <laughs> let me point this out. There's three guys at this table who are married. Oh. And sometimes. We get left flailing. Yes. <laughs> I see. Sometimes things don't make sense when we're hearing them, but we just nod and say. Yes, dear. Or in this case, yes, catfish. Yep. Oh, I see. The points should be more? over by the rebounds, not that anybody cares. I, I know. it. I don't know. Why aren't the total points right after the field goals and free throws? That just doesn't make sense. Or all the total stats at one end. Come on, basketball. Get your you-know-what together. What, why do you need the TP? Shouldn't it just be P? Like, is there any confusion? Or, or just flip them. Total points or points, PT. points. Yeah, exactly. Well, they don't put PTS, so that's why they put TP. (laughs) (laughs) Our podcast is brought to you by Commerce Bank. With the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank Challenge accepted. That's why I'm here. I love it. I love it. Matt keeps us on track. Hey, the guys, uh, the basketball team play uh, Oklahoma State on Tuesday. I don't know what the mental state of Oklahoma State will be after what took place Saturday. They were the better team in Waco. They should have beaten the number one team in the country. And every call that could have gone against them, I'm not even going to say that. Every call seemed to go against them. It was even calls that shouldn't go against them, seemed to go against them uh, late in the game. In fact, they went to the monitor at one point and switched the call from Baylor to Oklahoma State. Mike Boynton picked up two technicals and went to the Locker room early. I love what he did after he got run. And then he shook all the hands. Loved it. And left. He seems hard not to like. He's very He just seems like a very likable guy. 
It when they promoted him in Stillwater, I went what? Yeah. And as soon as you're around him, you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And I like the fact now he's kind of surrounded himself with the mix of veteran coaches that can help him and young recruiters, young guys that can get after it. And he's, he's kind of talent. the opposite of Travis Ford, you know. Like Travis Ford, like had some pretty good teams, but nobody liked him. <laughs> Always wanted him out. <laughs> Didn't like what he the way he acted in the Sixth Man. Get him out of Stillwater. Now Mike Boynton comes in and everyone loves him. Can't win in many games, but uh, you know, well, he gets next good year. Recruiter, nice dude. Oh, he'll get next man. year. I mean, yeah, he's bringing. In I mean, they, if they're not good next year, then he's no. And that's what I'm saying. He's got one more season to see what they can do with this recruits. They're bringing in. Their next stop is in Manhattan. What a game that'll be! It's huge for Kansas State. It's huge. Whether they they win in Stillwater on down the road or at Fort Worth on Saturday. Or anywhere else they might go in this season, they have to win these type of games at home. Kansas State needs to beat Oklahoma State and Iowa State, Texas at home. Right? Give them five yep. conference wins. If they my, have if to. my math checks out. Well, speaking well, yeah, of, that would be yeah. speaking of checking out. If K State loses tomorrow night, the fans will definitely be checked out. Will be. Those who aren't right now. Will be checked out if the Cats would lose tomorrow night. One of the nice things about this season is that KU game is parked so late in the schedule, the students have to keep showing up if they want preferred seating for that game. <laughs> Unless they all stop showing up and then it kind of ties the score as is. Well, there's always the trick. The thing I've seen a little bit this year is the students who go in, get their thing scanned, and then just hightail it out of there. They don't actually stay for the game. That sucks. Oh, Though they've actually had some pretty good student crowds. So. There's really not have. a whole lot of people doing that. But I, it, it always cracks me up. To every game, it's like clockwork. I'm walking up, and there's at least eight or ten students walking crazy. right away, leaving. With their T-shirt or Hawaiian yeah, shirt. Uh-huh, or yeah, their... with their Hawaiian shirt and their slice of pizza. Those were some cool Hawaiian shirts last week, by the way. I like that, too. That was not it. Inexpensive promotion. I don't know how much those shirts boiled down cost, at, but still, man, 1,500 shirts. Speaking of that, I mean, Matt, you, you were there too. I mean, I was, I was surprised at the, the lack of people with the women's game. I just thought a lot on of people Saturday? on Saturday. I just really thought more people would want to see, see Baylor. But just, yeah, I want to come see Baylor. I, I, I mean, what was the crowd like? The, <laughs> Hang on just a second. I'm going to give you the announced crowd. To be honest, Catfish, I did not even look. The attendance was listed at 3505, and to be honest, that's one of the better crowds. That's the listed crowd. I didn't. I'll bet it's up 1,500 less than that. I know they were expecting a little over 2,000, somewhere in that ballpark. But um, Baylor doesn't have the the Brittany Griner, or for that matter, the Kalani Brown that they've had of late. But this is, it's one of the few teams that can win the national championship. And K-State held them to a low point total in the last five years. K-State hit some early shots. They had a lot of bunnies. They, I'm not saying they win the game, but it's got a different spin to it. They had, K-State, what their, what their downfall was, was combined, not singularly, but combined, had about 13 and a half minutes of no field goals. Yeah. Well, that seems bad. At the end of the first half and at the end of the ball game, and you just you can't survive that way against a, a good team, let alone a really good team. Well, I guess, like I said, the reason I bring that up is because, I mean, someone mentioned to me that, well, okay, maybe the reason people didn't show up was because, okay, they expected K-State to get beat bad but i'm like well everything i've ever heard was that like it was standing room only when uconn came here and you couldn't have expected something different it's just because it's a non-conference i guess it's just, just makes it UConn's totally UConN different. special okay. totally UConn is like the program okay that's, that would be like duke coming here on the men's side oh, okay uconn yeah. also uh like every high school in the state every girls high school team in the state bust their team yep, over to watch came. that game it was, oh okay it was, i didn't like, know that you in, wait you covered you... that game Kellis? oh yeah <laughs> well man it was a big deal if they sent you there i did like a whole i was uh, there whoa I did a Man. whole. Uh, you should go check it out. I did like a I behind guess... the scenes uh, week with Jeff Mitty leading up to the UConn game. I need to look really cool, that up. Actually. But uh, man, plug it on the podcast. But yeah, when you drive up, when that game, I drove up uh, to park my normal spot, and there was just nothing but school buses <laughs> everywhere. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. The best was back in the day when the women had their first home sellout. When Nebraska came to town, was when they kept all the doors up on the concourse closed, and when they opened them, it was just 
like you would see for the KU K State men's game where they just were sprinting in where they could. That seems safe. That How was, long ago was that? That was the night the 4 3 got unveiled for the first time at K State. The what? 4 3? Oh, that. that. Oh, yeah. I, fill, I was fill, hearing. Fill me in. What are, what are we saying? Callis Robinette, 4, four three. 3. Three. Yeah, oh, that, they, really? That, that was idea, at that a. F O R 3, not F O U R 3. I thought you were talk, talking in code or something. No, nope, yeah. that idea was hatched after the men's game that day and. Really, it debuted at a women's game. Debuted wow. at the women's game. Hmm. What made that Nebraska matchup so iconic that made fans just? I don't. Rem- I don't remember if it was a, a promotion, but hmm. it was hmm. a sellout. Wow. Well, they used to sell out women's basketball all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, they would fill that thing to the rafters. And they've got a short turnaround because they're on their way to Morgantown, yep. and then they've got another road game <coughs> next weekend uh, at Oklahoma. Yeah, we were looking at the schedule earlier. All I was thinking when that was numbers. He said four three. Right. I was like forty three. Well, I couldn't just. <laughs> that's what I heard at first. Bellow <laughs> it out. That's right. Well, um, can we get to the rant? Now, I, I, one thing I want to ask here: We're looking at a Baylor athletics program. With oh the yeah, number one teams in men's and women's basketball. They're the new UConn. Uh, so I asked and, this. And, and a BCS, I'm sorry, power uh, New Year's Six Bowl bid, too. So I asked this. If Baylor, why not K-State? Why not? I keep yeah. hearing it's not possible. You can't do this. You can't sustain it. You can't achieve it at that high level at Kansas State. I know Baylor's in maybe more friendly recruiting territory. But it just strikes me that if... You're a kid in Texas. Baylor probably isn't your first choice. So, I mean, it's not like they're Texas and they can yell out their back door and get any kid they want. Well, the, I just I think it's different for the women's versus the men's team. I mean, because right, I mean, I, I mean, well, I'm women, not... women is they're beginning to achieve that UConn status. Yeah. Kids want to go there. That, yeah, I just think it's different on the men's on the men's side. I will but, slightly disagree with that because they've been there long enough that, again, they're in that group of four or five teams that can win the national title. Baylor, every year. they've yeah, Baylor's women. women. Baylor they, women. Okay. They reached that some time ago. Yeah, I mean, by beating K State Saturday, um, Kim Mulkey's five ninety seven and a hundred. She's going to get to win number six hundred faster than any other male or female head coach. Yeah, in history, in all in Division history. One. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's that's I equate that to not now, but to years past of in this conference, like Texas baseball and some others where it's a phone call. I am blank. Do you want to come play here at Texas? Sure. I'm there. It's changed. But for that used to be Texas women's basketball, right? Used to be with Conrad. Mm -hmm. Used to be. So that's what I'm saying. It's like that used to be. I mean, I would agree right. with you if like Texas women were still at the level that they used to be. Well, Baylor's and, done is ridiculous. Yeah, nine straight regular season titles, eight out of the last nine. Yep, of the tournament, two seventy-five, and I want to say seventy-four is Mulkey well, in the conference. Well, and again, I did this column, uh, you know, Saturday after the game. Where so since Griner's sophomore season, 2009 and ten, they've lost thirty-three games. Total. Yeah, K-State won the sled the series. 34. They've lost 33 in a row when you count Nine to five. Yeah, let's point that out. This didn't start instantly for Kim Mulkey. Nope. She she had to build it and climb. Yep. That's my point is she didn't inherit something or walk in and just immediately flip a switch. She put out a lot of decent teams, average teams, and then she uh, got a big hug from Trace Atkins on <laughs> national TV. Really, that seemed like it kind of put her on the national Stage like, oh, this person's legitimate, and boom, Baylor women's basketball took off. Yeah. But on the men's side, what Scott Drew inherited, what he's done, you can think maybe he, there was something shady or whatever you want to lean on as an excuse for how he's done it, but he's done it. He's done it. And it's not like he's he's getting kids to Baylor that leave you scratching your head. He's well, so- getting kids to Baylor that he can attain. Yeah, the weird thing about this year is like this is a year where they don't really have a stud guy. Yeah, they don't you know? have a stud. They're a great team. They, they're like their depth is good. When you're talking about you know the shady days of Scott Drew when all the other coaches in the conference accused him of cheating was when he would get dudes like that, but they would you know kind of underachieve, win just about 20 games. You know when they had it on, they beat anybody. Mm-hmm. When they didn't, they'd lose. But this year's like 
Yeah, they they got a former D three guy <clears throat> in their starting lineup. Incredible. They're ranked number one in the country. Yeah, how did that guy wind up at D three? I don't know, Gillespie. That is and, that is among the crazier recruiting stories I've and, ever heard. And I just want to bring up that I mean, again, you guys were actually you know covering it, you know when it when it happened. But I mean, Scott Drew took over after to me. The worst scandal in the history of college sports where Dave Bliss tried to frame a player of his who was murdered as a drug dealer so it would not look as bad on him. That seems bad. Framed him as a murderer. <laughs> I mean, there's been some really bad college scandals, obviously Penn State and some of the But, like, a guy got killed and you tried to frame him in a different light to keep your job. And Scott Drew inherited that. And look what he's done. And Scott Drew was nobody. I mean, he was the son of a He was, yeah, the coach. son. Yeah. But really, he was all they could get. And we, I mean, there was talk about bending the rules, and there was plenty of talk, even from me, all-knowing Fitz, that the guy couldn't coach. That he was just kind of rolling the ball out and letting the guys go play. He can coach, man. I don't know if it's been on-the-job training or what, but he's getting it done now. He He has undergone quite a transition. Because I'm with you, like, 10 years ago, I would have said... You know, pretty good recruiter, horrible coach, probably gets by with shady practices, and now it's like the total opposite. You know, recruits, you know, recruits normal dudes, coaches them up, has you know, people used to make fun of him for going zone, but now it's like, hey, you know, that's actually a pretty practical way to play defense. Is it because of his personality? He's playing a lot of man too. Is is that why people you think thought that his personality just seems so all shucks and unassuming? Oh, he doesn't really coach. He's not intense enough to be a. Well, I, I mean, they just used to lose a lot of close games. I as an anecdote, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it just seemed like on that side they lost a lot of close games. And, on the and other it does side, seem, in terms of a lot of teams that have had high seeds, they've been one of the more underachieving teams in the play tournament for sure. As an anecdote, Never I remember the previous ever. staff uh, went down there and Baylor had redone their offices and had some fancy schmancy high tech new video system. I was going to really streamline things, and they could call things up, you know, game situations of every opponent, all that kind of thing. And a K-State staff member said, hey, do you mind if I uh, come in and kind of see that system? And they, they said, no, only Baylor basketball people go in that office. We don't even let the AD in. <laughs> what? How how's that work? But they wouldn't let anyone Private else. school. Private school. <laughs> yeah. Really this, private this if you don't let the, the boss in. This was under their previous staff before Scott Drew? On K-State's no, previous staff. Oh, on K-State's previous staff. Yeah. Oh. FD, fouls drawn. <laughs> it is funny, though. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like if you ask most coaches in the league like 10 years ago, what do you think of Scott Drew? I'd say probably back when there were 12 teams, the other 11 would say, I hate that guy. But now I think it's like totally flipped. Bruce loves him. I feel, I feel like most coaches say, hey, yeah, Scott Drew, pretty nice guy. You know, can't help but like him. Weird. I, no, I know exactly you pointed that out. Hard to explain. I know that you've pointed that out multiple times. That like it just seems like that 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 Bruce and Scott seem to have like a love affair in the media in terms of how much they compliment each other's teams all the time. Them and yeah. Beard. And Beard and Beard as well. You're right. He's the third member of this love triangle. Rant yeah. time. Okay. Well, we guys, I don't apparently. I'll say it this way. I one thing I don't know apparently is how to read a box score. What I do know. <laughs> Is soft drinks. Okay. And something I want to go into is because I saw my staff member, Greg Woods, tweet out this thing now that, like, they're they're putting Mountain Dew Zero or whatever the heck it's called, like the K-State basketball games. And uh, it bothers me that these companies still market the zero-calorie soft drinks as, like, oh, it's the same taste as the one that you love, but it's zero calories. That is completely false, and it's false advertising. I agree that nothing. I've never tasted a zero calorie thing that tasted anyone near what the original taste. That's my point. But that's how they market. It's like the same great Coke taste or Pepsi taste or Dr Pepper taste or whatever one that you like. And like I said, I just that's what I tweeted it with Greg was like I tried Coke Zero once, thought it tasted like Diet Coke, and I've never given it another chance. I tried it once. Zero. Yeah. Zero. I mean, it's a perfect name for it. Zero. It is a big zero. It's I remember like new- for a while when they tried the like to bridge the gap and have like Pepsi One, Dr Pepper Ten. What? I, I thought day- those were even worse. I miss the days of lemon Pepsi. Now they have lemon. Yeah. How about, like, how about clear? You can Pepsi? go to some convenience or yeah, not convenience crystal stores, Pepsi. Some restaurants have the touch screens and you can add what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah, they used to have lemon Pepsi in a can. It was phenomenal. Lemon and like there was there like can. a lemon on yeah. the. 
oh, on the the can? Was there like a lemon yeah. lo- logo? It's like yellow up at the top around the. I like Cherry Seven Up. Wow, that like complete you. silence. That's, no, I like uh, Cherry Seven Up. I also love Vanilla Coke. Anything vanilla? Nope. Well, that's fine. I've got a little. That's fine. I'm looking at Fitz, and I know. <laughs> don't say anything. You can what? smile. Just don't say anything. Okay. All right. Really, for that matter, the two of you either. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what you're talking about because I don't know foul drawn. Little, I've got squirt in the garage right now because you got to have a squirt every <laughs> once in a while. I've got the best purchase I made well, over the. I, no, I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then it's, 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 it's Matt. Matt has drawn. taken over the rant today, and I'll just cede to your judgment. <laughs> best purchase over the holidays was black cherry ginger ale. Really? And, and raspberry ginger ale. Best purchase I've okay. made in a long time. Never Phenomenal. heard of that. I only drink ginger ale on flights. For a limited time Is only. ginger ale locale? Uh, it's like 140 a can, so to me that's locale. Compared to, yeah. Huh. you got to mix it up. I love Cherry 7-Up. That sounds like Yeah, it. it's, it's very you're good. You're a clear beverage kind of guy, huh? I like, if you're going to ask me between the two bigs, I go Pepsi. Okay. I pick Coke if only because I'm from Georgia and I just say. But, but hey, I like them both. I don't... Cook I guess I'm always I'm always reluctant about what I'm allowed to say on here because I don't want it to look like I'm trying to push any Coke, company. Or... Coke belongs with something else, and that's the only time I have it. You know what? Here's another. Can I give a bonus yes. rant? I'm not going to tell you the restaurant, but God bless this woman's soul, and I really mean this. Like bless her. She asked me if my milkshake, if I wanted whipped cream on top. I hate whipped cream on top of my milkshake. I want I want just ice cream. If I wanted, you know, whipped cream, I'd get a piece of pie. Cherry. What? Cherry. Cherry. What? On, on top, top of your no shake. goodness no. You just want the shake. I just want the ice cream. Just give me the shake. Because like then you know the, you know the, the the whipped cream melts all into it and it gets all weird. Are you hamburger just... or cheeseburger? Oh, you know. Oh, you whoa, gosh. Well, I mean, I like them both. I mean, sometimes you don't want the meat sullied, but sometimes the 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 cheese adds a little. So which is it? I, I, I'll say cheeseburger, but, I mean, they're both good. That, See, that's I, all. I need bacon and I cheese. Okay. Well, what's happened. Sorry, Fitz. And I want whipped cream and cherry on top of my milkshake. Man. And okay, I want Dr. Fine. Pepper more than Pepsi or Coke. Yeah. Well, and, see, and you're from Texas, so you're— So when you go down to, like, a baseball game at Baylor, you got to have a big red. You have to try a Yeah, red. no. Well, I mean, I've, I— don't uh, want a case of it, but you got to have it once. Oh, man, I bought f- six packs of it when I was down at Big 12 Media Days. I've still got the— Fitz has lost control over here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have to have a grape soda once this is, in a while. This is a. I prefer technically orange soda personally. That's just me. Like Kel and Keenan and Kel. Well, you're you guys from are the too, South. How old are you? I am me or him? Yeah, I'm thirty. Keenan and Kel. And orange soda is your preferred? No, drink? I'm saying between that and grape soda. Oh, okay. No, my my grape f- soda. That's so often. Well, it's just because you're. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Fitz, you just have no opinions on any of this at all. <laughs> I'm just sitting here fascinated by the idea of a cheeseburger with whipped cream on it. <laughs> kind of thinking about that now. I like them both. Not together. Why Come not on. Come together? on, man. And Why the cherry? Not? Come on, man. I mean, I've got a milk on, product man. and cheese already just on it. Just your five-hour energy and let's finish her up. We're done. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> so we're not even going to go back to K-State? That's it. That's we're right. not going to mention anything about their recruiting class last week, a signing day? Uh, one person. Okay. Well, they had one person, then two guys that were already part of the program. That's just quite a way to end it, talking about all those soft drinks. But, I mean, Matt Matt took it over, so I appreciate it. When your will's broken, you Ryan, do you have some elaborate thoughts on the three guys they added? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'll just say Sam Shield is a Manhattan high grad. Yes, he is. And And I work for the Manhattan. son of a high school classmate of mine. How about that? And when he gets healed up, we'll see what transpires. We'll see. Big kid. He is. Big kid. Very nice kid, too. Yes. All, all, all the kids they brought in last week were very were great. pleasant to talk to, for sure. That's what I like about covering K State recruiting, K State football, is they bring in young gentlemen. Yeah, for, for sure. For the most part. Yeah. I feel like uh, the guys Chris is bringing in seem a little bit more media ready than Bill. Yeah. Or they just seem a little bit more put. Or they're, I don't know. They're not fearful of going to the media and saying something that Bill won't like. Yeah, I think that has to they're be. Given less, they're given guidelines, but. Less, and if you do this, you have to run. And if you say this, you get hung up by your know what. What about you know, Sean Snyder going to USC? We're not going to oh, mention that. that. Okay, we can I mention that. Say that. I just, yeah, I mean, I was just trying to get us back on track. Do you just want me to host now, Fitz? I, I want do someone I to, to kick, host because I, I checked out 10 minutes ago. It, do I need to kick it over to Matt for a third reading? 
No. no okay. No, we're good. All right. No, but <laughs> seriously, I find this intriguing because yeah. um, Sean Snyder, if you don't know, is apparently heading to Southern California as their special teams coordinator mm-hmm. and on the field coaching position. He was talking to Texas and Nebraska, and those were more analyst positions. Mm-hmm. He will be on the field. Um and this is going to be interesting to see how it pans out because fans don't realize that Sean really coached kickers, punters, and snappers. Mm-hmm. That was That's his area of expertise, and he is one of the best in the country at those things. K-State's never been weak in those areas. Never. But the return game has always been good, and that comes from his father. And he still, he might have been in charge of it, but he didn't really coach those things. I mean, Andre Coleman. Coleman, coached, yeah, I've always heard. Coached the returners, you know, later. And Dana Dimmel did the blocking schemes. So Sean's never really done that. He's been in the room, but he's never actually done it all. Now he's going to have to do it all. It's going to be intriguing. The good news for him is Southern Cal is awful in special teams. They couldn't get 11 guys on the field this season. <laughs> Shouldn't get eleven guys on the field. I mean, they I, <laughs> they screwed up their first kickoff of the season with ten guys. <laughs> and had all season, and they don't put the right number out there. So uh, he's got a lot of room mm. to work the work them up, and he will improve their their punting and kicking. I guarantee for sure. Just how long will Clay Hilton be around? That's, well, that's that's you know, the question. I'm told it's a two year contract. A smart move. He's going someplace where if they bomb, nobody's going to blame the special teams coordinator, even if he doesn't do well. It'll be the head coach's fault, and he'll have a two-year contract, and have another year to kind of gather himself. Maybe come back. I'd be interested in Wanda, and if she moves out there, if they just stay here, and he goes out to work. I'd probably stay here and let my husband go work. I Best of luck to him. Don't want anything to do with L.A. No, thank you. Can you imagine the— uh... After living here for 26 years, no, and the traffic, adjusting to LA traffic. <laughs> it's a lot. Heck, there's oxygen here. There's none out there. <laughs> it's kind of like no. uh, Anderson at 5 p.m. It's that Anderson Bluemont corner is little LA. Little LA. Little LA. Especially with the construction right now. Yeah. That's it for the podcast. Yep. God, get us out of here. Wait, he- let me mention one last thing. Okay. It's funny that we brought this up. My favorite Tupac song is "To Live and Die in LA." Thank Felt you. like the listeners would want to know that. I've got three words. We are out. <laughs> You've been listening to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.